It's as close to time travel as we're going to get. This week in music history with Marty Miller. Hi, and welcome to the little podcast. This is where we take a look at some music history for you. Always promise to do the time travel bit in less than 10 minutes. If it's ever over 10 minutes, sue me. All right, so we're looking at March 27th until March 31st in music history. What went on this week? Well, in 1967, Jimi Hendrix, Lights of Fire, netting somebody a fortune decades later. In 2007, Bono is knighted. And in 2020, it's goodbye to Bill Withers. What a legend. Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast. 1979 is where we'll start, though, and Eric Clapton married Patty Harrison. Yep, the ex-wife of Eric's best friend, George Harrison. This marriage took place in Arizona. Patty applied for a divorce in 1988. But here's Eric talking about nicking Patty. Well, takes two to tango, though, doesn't it? And I had become, bit by bit, more and more obsessed with his wife, Patty, and was making amateur kind of inroads into finding out what what was going on and what 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 was happening to their relationship uh, and at the same time trying to balance my relationship with him 1987 you two performed on the roof of a shop in los angeles all to do with them making a video for where the streets have no name you remember that don't you thousands of spectators showed up and well, from that time, and the police getting rather concerned at the numbers... You're talking about a major thoroughfare at 3.30 in the afternoon, okay? Uh, what I was explaining to Ben there is we would have to go on what's called attack alert to get this problem solved, and we're not going to do that. And U2, today it's 7th and Main. If you haven't heard about it, you know how hard it is to get U2 tickets. They are sold out. Everywhere, they sold out. Fast. Are you listening to me, or I am, am I listening. talking I, to the I'm totally understanding, but this like, can, can I just... You cannot, you, you cannot promise me that you're not going to have a crowd that reaches limits that we cannot control. You can't promise me Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You're I, drawing I, them I, in by the dozens now. 1967 this week, working on sessions for their Sgt. Pepper's album, the Beatles were recording Good Morning, Good Morning. So at the very end of this song, John Lennon had this idea where the song would end with animal sound effects and asked that they be sequenced in such a way that each animal was capable of scaring or eating the preceding one. Did you ever think of it like that? To 1981 we go and Blondie were number one in the United States with the song Rapture. Now why is this song so important? Because it was the first number one song in the US to feature rap in its lyrics. It was quite groundbreaking. I wasn't an experienced rapper and it was so exciting. It really was part of that tradition of, you know, something new and something strange and wow, this is really, nobody does this. This is really wild and this is great and it's very underground and it's very hip and it's, you know, it's really happening. More U2 stuff, this time 2005 and they were kicking off the Vertigo Tour in San Diego. (laughs) 
Flippin' hell, more U2 stuff, this time 2007. And Bono is accepting an honorary knighthood at a ceremony in Dublin. Now, he's not entitled to be called Sir Bono because he's not a British citizen. I am, so if I ever got knighted, I could be called Sir. The U2 singer's new title is Knight Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. In other words, a KBE. Here's Bono explaining why he decided to accept the knighthood and clutching at straws. I'd like to say that I love Great Britain. I think Great Britain is great. And uh, Irish people support British football teams and uh, Irish bands signed to British record labels. And uh, Irish people speak English. And now we even have one in our back. This Week in Music History, the podcast. 2019 and The Cure are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the United States. Of course, very, very excited about the whole thing. It's so nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, The Cure, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. To 1976 we go and the Sex Pistols played their first show at the 100 Club in London. Very punk, mediocre reception. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones makes a visit to his old school, Dartford Grammar. Why? Well, he opened up a new arts centre that had been named after him. The singer also went on to say that he spent the worst years of his life at that school. (laughs) Back at his old grammar school where they've named a new arts centre after him. Jerry Hall and three of his four children at his side. It was a far cry from the averagely intelligent but easily distracted schoolboy who was a member of the basketball team. His desire to be a rock musician was dismissed as a joke. Little can Mick Jagger have imagined when he left this school as a fairly undistinguished pupil, he'd return nearly 40 years later to the sound of music that's made him famous the world over. This Week in Music History, the podcast. 2020, we lost an absolute legend. Bill Withers died from heart complications at the age of 81. My goodness, he was some man. You know, he had the record for the longest sustained note on a US chart hit holding a high E for 18 seconds. Now, I can't play 18 seconds of it because this is a podcast, but you get the idea from this. In 1949, RCA Victor introduced the 45 RPM single record, which had been in development since 1940. Yep, the 7-inch single was born. Now, ironically, the piece of audio I have found does have distortion on it, even though the bloke talking says it doesn't. You're listening to The Sleeping Beauty, Tchaikovsky's beautiful ballet music, on the new distortion-free RCA Victor 45 RPM records. Listen, compare, and you too will agree that RCA Victor's 45 RPM record is the finest and best ever made. In 1967 this week, Jimi Hendrix set fire to his guitar live on stage for the first time when appearing in London. The Fender Strat was burned on stage by Hendrix, then sold in 2008 for... 280 grand. What does a burning guitar sound like? 
Finally, this week in 2011, Men at Work and Down Under, I come from a land down under, was in court in Australia. Why? Plagiarism charges of an old folk song. So, yes, the melody was borrowed from the kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. And EMI, the record company at the time, were saying, oh no, well, it's only a tribute to the old traditional folk song. The courts didn't agree. You can make up your own mind. And that is a look at this week in music history from March 27th until March 31st. Do us a favour, tell your friends we've got this great podcast and it's very entertaining and very educational. My name is Marty Miller. Thanks for listening. This Week in Music History, the podcast.